Hey everybody, my name is Diane Gibbs and this is Design Recharge and I'm really excited because today is the last Design Recharge before we go to camp. I take some time off, a little bit of prep before camp and then um, during camp. Um, and the last week of camp, which is the 28th of July, I believe, we'll have the next, we'll start the next series of Design Recharge. But today it's a prep day, meaning I am getting you guys ready for what the workshops are with camp. So last week we had two people who had uh, camp alumni. And then like a month ago, we had had a camp reunion where a bunch of people came. But this one, because this is different, we had one workshop last year with my friend Dave Clayton and it was amazing. But what I realized was that some of these workshops, a lot of the work that we're doing, the stuff that we're learning in the course of camp um, is really good, but sometimes we need some practical. So there are always three parts of camp. Um, there's always going to be re a reach portion and there's always going to be a mindset portion. And then every other t time there's going to be something else. So there's one movable factor because I think we always need help. Excuse me. I've got the burps today. Um, we always need help uh, figuring out what is, uh, what's the best way to reach our clients. So today I have David John Walker and I, he is I love this guy. He's awesome. I'm super excited. He actually is going to be on the show as just him um, later in the year, but he has an amazing story. And this year has been extremely, um, obviously everybody's had a hard time with COVID, but you have just, you were already doing something in 2020, January or when, when was, when did you start your year of posting? Uh, I started in April, April 25th. Oh, that's my birthday. Yeah. Happy belated birthday. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> April 25th of 2020. Yes. Okay. So David's also a professor. Oh, here's Mario. He has his kids, so he may have to go first, but that's okay. Mario, you want to tell him what your, what your workshop is about? Your workshop is going to be on July 23rd. And even if you don't come to camp, you can, you can sign up for a workshop. So the workshops will be sold up until the uh, hour before the workshop. So Mario, you want to tell them about your workshop? Sure. Um, we're going to dig down into really what makes us unique for our personal brand. And we're going to um, kind of go through a framework on, on really diving into what makes us unique, who we are, what we're passionate about um, so that we can anchor that for our core values so that we, as we, Sorry, I think I'm falling. So that, <laughs> so that it's like slowly just going. Um, so that we can uh, understand what our personal brand is actually all about. Um, so it's going to be great. We're gonna we're gonna do some exercises, and we're going to at the end of it um, have a good place to start, a, a good platform to start for um, really defining who we are as a personal brand, and really start acting on it, um, creating content, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, so then that's a perfect lean lead in into what David's doing, and it is creating content, right? So, so Van's kind of doing some deep work, which I'll play a little video at the end of Van's, like six minutes, to give you an idea of hers because she couldn't be here. But Mario, so why is personal branding important? On a macro level, we all have a personal brand. We all have some kind of um, brand that we are professing, we are creating, we are we are engaging in every day. And uh, if you really 
want to stand out in this world as a creator, as someone who makes, as someone who has a voice, then you really have to start developing your personal brand and understanding what that is all about um, is the first step to doing that. Okay, so um, this is going to go to David, but it also goes to personal brand. So what if, so David will answer and then you can answer, Mario, if you have, and whenever you need to go, you can just like, whatever, shut me out or whatever. But so, so David, in you started this, your posting on April 25th of 2020. Can you give them a little bit of background of why you did that? Because you were actually, do you feel like you had a personal brand at that point? Um, I did have a personal brand, but I was insecure about talking about my work. And I figured that I should challenge myself to do something about it. So the whole goal of like 2020 was addressing some insecurities in order to break out of the shell to see what the real possibilities are. And, and it's been kind of wild. So I can, I can give you a short, um, a short rundown of, of the list of rules that I created for myself. Yeah. Do you feel, wait, uh, let me ask one question real quick. Do you feel like you, your brand voice changed as you did that challenge? Yeah, I feel like it changed a lot. In the sense of I established one period. <laughs> we typically design for everybody else. And once I began challenging myself and putting my work out there, I began to really in, in, imbue my work with my thoughts and my feelings and, and, and whatnot. Um, not for the end client, but for myself. Did you also start running at the same time, April 25th? Uh, I started before April 1st. Okay. April 1st. So then see you and, and Mario will be friends. Cause you'll both have <laughs> bodies, but, but I think that there is something to that, right? So you had started that challenge and it's every day you've run every day. Yeah. Today was a uh, four It was four. the 418th day of running at least a mile. Could yeah. you run a mile in the beginning of April, 2020? Like, yes, yes, I was I was running, but I wasn't running daily. It okay. was I was maybe running twice a week. So why did you start that challenge first? So a friend of mine um, who I graduated with in my first degree undergrad at Tennessee State University, which is at HBCU, um, called and asked if I would want to run with him. And he said, I said, run how? He said, well, <laughs> I live in Nashville, you live in Jackson, Tennessee, like why would I do that? And he said, well, there's this grand running club uh, that he's a part of and they, they run a mile a day in April. And so this was like their second challenge and he asked me if I'd do it. And so I said, yes. And on day 32, cause they're, or day 31, I forget if it's 31 or 30 days in April. I think it's 30. All right. So on day 31, my feet found their my feet swung off the side of the bed, found some socks, found my shoes. And I was in the street running again. And it it hadn't stopped. <laughs> How early do you get up? Mario gets up wicked early, 4 a.m. early. Yeah, I'm never I'm not that close at all. I've got I've got a two a two year old and my mornings are around eight, eight thirty. Mario, how old's your son? Uh, I got a four, almost five-year-old, and I got a two, almost three-year-old. He's going to be three in uh, the end of this month. So, yeah, I feel your pain. <laughs> okay, so tell them what your parameters were, and then we'll go back to the personal branding question. 
addressing those insecurities, uh, I hadn't updated my website in ages. It was 2011 was the date on the newest piece of design work that was on it. Because you're busy. Because I'm busy, because I'm a professor, and because I didn't necessarily want to say that I was open for business to control that flow of work coming in my direction. I hadn't updated my website. I was not posting work online. And the only way people knew that I was doing design work is that I was having conversations about what I'm doing or, or not. <laughs> but there was no proof that I was a designer um, unless, I don't know, a client submitted something for an award and other people would see it that way. How Outside did you of, use social before? Um, I was only posting pictures of my family or my vacations or, you know, ruminations on whatever. But you were, that was what you were posting, but you were, you were following other people on social. I was only my friends. I wasn't even following designers. Okay. <laughs> okay. Social. So, so then at the end of April, you really massively shifted. Why? I wanted to um, really tackle like a, a low stakes posting work, <laughs> low stakes, low pressure, and just seeing how it felt. Like posting to Instagram, it wasn't much pressure. I'd format it to a square and send posts and have a caption. And if my friends liked it, they liked it. If they didn't like it, they didn't like it. Had you done lettering before? No. So I guess I will tell you those rules um, as far as those insecurities. So the rules I made up, there were five. Number one was to start posting work online, Instagram and not my website. <laughs> Because I didn't want to take the time to go out here and build up this website. And next thing you know, because I'm still in a, a, a teaching position, get a flood of business. Like I was afraid of the business coming through. Um, number two, try a method of design that I've been a fan of, but never attempted. And that method of design that I, that I decided to pursue was hand lettering. I also tried my hand at, illustrate, at illustration and also uh, type in motion. So some after effects work. All in the same time? That was, uh, your, that was well, one of your... Well, no, I just did like a, a, a small review of things that I was thinking about trying and I landed on hand lettering. Number three was commit to daily fitness. And then number four was say yes to opportunities. <laughs> and then number five was to submit work to competitions. So doubling down on posting work online in addition to being judged for what I'm working on. Mm, okay. Yeah. So then in that time, you were just trying to do something consistently and get better at it. What was the hardest thing? Because you said you were dealing with confidence. And this next question will go to Mario about confidence in a personal brand. So you were like, nobody's following me anyway, so it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I started posting these things when I had maybe 320 followers on Instagram. And what's your current count? Uh, I'm close to 1800. Hey, that's great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> For, yeah it's grown. So confidence wise, but you, um, it's not always about followers. You've had amazing connections made like Somebody I've fangirled on hugely. I think I scared her away, Mary Kate. Like, I think you're friends with her now. I totally did. I think she's like, mm, that girl's crazy. But that's okay. But 
like you got to do some things with her. You got to do some other really big things and people saw some of your work. Right. So yeah, gives people hope. Yeah. So from that, what's funny is when you decide to make intentional steps, the energy around you shifts and you're able to make asks of other people to support you on those journeys. My pal made an intentional shift to run every day and he asked me to participate with him. And now we've been running 418 days straight together, right? So there's a person, there's an accountability partner that's been following me in that regard. When I decided to try my hand at, or try my talents towards hand lettering, I started a, a design challenge and reached out to Mary Kate McDevitt that I knew uh, from a, a, um, a student design conference that I had invited her to um, six years prior. <laughs> so I went way back to ask for an accountability partner and she's like a famous letterer and typographer, published artist and designer and has stuff all over the world. And she agreed. So when you say like, what's the hardest part? Initially, the hardest part was comparing myself to other people, right? I put myself in the ring with her on these challenges day one, like 15 days of lettering. And she was lettering, I was lettering. And uh, Simone Wilder, who now is a a co-loop artist, and she's done some amazing stuff too, um, and has tons of followers as well. She also participated in the design challenge. So because both of those folks participated with me, I was able to be seen by other people based on the hashtag that we created to go along with this. But I was also able to build a community right out of the gate. So I was meeting people that um, that decided to participate in this challenge as well from all over the country and all over the world. That's incredible. I was trying to find the my but my instagram's not connected to this computer anyway so thank you brian for it's david john j-o-n walker i knew what it was but i was trying to type it okay so yeah the challenge was i miss lettering challenge hashtag i miss lettering challenge and all these people like committed to 15 days of this thing and it went well and on day fifth, on day 16, I continue littering, right? <laughs> so I began this practice of, you know, I creating a habit in order to change the energy around me in order to see and create additional possibilities and opportunities. Okay, so in, uh, this one will go to you, Mario. So in, you do physical challenges as well. Does that affect your personal brand? I think for myself, uh, being an athlete is a big part of who I am. So it's already a part of uh, my my person. So bringing that to the surface is just part of my personal brand. Um, uh, so when I do challenges like like David was doing, you know, I, I did I did a lot of different challenges this last year, but. I'll just challenge myself to go to the gym five days this week, or I'll challenge myself to be consistent in a different area or a different way of my, my health and fitness, because I know the benefits for me in totality. And Diane and I have talked about this. There's, you know, we have four, four main areas of our person or body, heart, mind, and soul, um, our physical, mental, emotional, 
and spiritual, right? Um, and so I know that if any one of those silos or areas is lacking at any one point in time, then I need to make sure that I'm, I'm pouring into that, into that space so that I can feel a little bit more um, balanced in totality. Um, so last year, though it was a great year business-wise, I dove so hard into business that I, I really let my, my physical self lapse. And I noticed that my, my physicality, um, my, my health, my nutrition was all in the toilet. And so because of that, I was looking for a way to somewhat kickstart, kind of what Dave was saying, you know, kickstart that part of me again. Um, and the benefits as you know, David can probably um, talk to is when you, when you exercise, you actually free yourself up to be more creative. You free yourself up to think more. You, uh, especially with running, I found, um, I haven't run in a while, but there was a time where I challenged myself to do uh, triathlon. So I was running, I was running at least six miles a day, 13 on the weekends. It was the most horrible thing in the world. Don't ever do it. Um, but on those runs, you get to a point where you're, you become bored and not, not in a negative way, but I think we've, as a society, we've forgotten the importance of boredom and in the boredom is when your creative mind kind of spirals out of control in a good way. Um, that's when you start thinking of good ideas. That's when you start having these moments of extreme clarity because your body's so, um, it's so occupied in a different way that your mind is free to actually unlock all the things that have been in your head, but never really realized. So um, for me, just being physical is part of my, my brand. Yeah, I, I talk a lot about, you know, I've been a trainer and I've been a coach and um, I am a coach in many different ways, life coaching, business coaching, uh, creative coaching, uh, but also I've been a personal trainer, you know, so it's really easy to correlate life issues with being in the gym or, or doing a physical activity because it's very much the same. And, and uh, so that's, that, that's a really long, long winded answer of yes, being physical is part of my personal brand. <laughs> I think that was your original question. But one thing um, you also started with somebody, so it, or it was maybe somebody, but you did that 87 something or 78 or I don't remember. 75, 75, <laughs> 75. But so you did it for a time. It was a bunch of people doing this together. So there's that accountability portion, which I think is huge at camp. You know, it's maybe everybody's not in the same place, but we're all going to spend these five weeks together doing this thing for the workshop. Um, Again, people don't always have to go to camp. I see a lot of people who are at camp in the chat. So I'm super excited to see y'all here. But so Mario, when you're thinking about what if it's somebody um, who I don't really think I have a personal brand. I mean, design recharge is not my name. So is that like, uh, is that a personal brand? Because I would say, I don't know. Let me ask you a very serious question um, because that, that phrasing was very nonchalant. Diane, do you actually real feel that you don't have a personal brand? I don't. Um... I want everybody to type in the chat right now if they feel like that, that Diane Gibbs has a personal brand. <laughs> okay. Thank you. There you go. 
Okay. Social proof. You have your own personal brand. You may not be able to articulate that. And I think I know the reason of that because we spent so much time together, um, which I don't have to go in right now, but um, you have a very strong personal brand. And if that's something that you want to explore, then we should explore that. But I think part of that might be that you might be afraid of having a personal brand. Is that some of the stuff you're going to talk about in your workshop at all? That any resistance to that? Because I always think a personal brand does like, oh, Brian White said beavers. That's right, Brian. That'll be my. Um, your personal logo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess I think of it like that. Like I would have my DianeGibbs.com, which I can't have because that's a realtor in California. Um, but like. I've looked, um, but you know, things like that. I, I just think of, okay, well, it's just design recharge. And so I guess there's some uh, blocks maybe, or just what I don't know about what, cause this it's called personal branding 101, right? Yeah. I, it's really about understanding what a personal brand is, understanding how to develop your own personal brand and I think at the very core is understanding that everybody does have a personal brand. Um, your personal brand is very much your personality. It's how you comport yourself. It's how you carry on business. It's how you, it's how, um, you know, if we, if we look at branding as a very macro thing, it's what, it's what people feel and, and think about you. And I'm sure volumes could be written from everybody who's ever interacted with you, Diane, about what they feel or think about you. And that would actually be a very great start to see what your personal brand would be. And maybe, maybe I'm going to challenge everybody on the call right now to write into Diane, Diane at designrecharge.com, um, to just send her a note on what you feel her personal brand is. And just be as gushing and as... Uh, uh, wonderful to her as possible because she's going to shrink into her seat. And she's going to be so embarrassed. Okay. So I think it would be very easy for me to define your personal brand, but yeah, some of it, some of it is um, the idea that maybe we shouldn't have a personal brand or that we're afraid of having a personal brand or, what the maybe a stigma of a personal brand, what that is, but I want to maybe dispel a lot of that and say, Hey, look at this is, you know, are you afraid of just walking around town and your city and saying hi to people and afraid of them knowing who you are? Because really they're, they're reacting to your personal brand. That may not be what you call it, but if we want to get into a branding mindset, then that's what it is. Okay. I didn't mean to turn it into me. <laughs> I know that's, I love turning it on you on your show. It's best. Yeah, no, not so much. Um, but doc said, he's like, okay, well then it's like, and you have this Mario and I don't know about, and, and David does too, actually. So David's Instagram is his name. Um, Mario, you have the Mario Quesada and then you have your business Mario made by maker or made X maker, but it's made by maker. And then David has realistic, uh, realistic it's r-h-e-a-l-i-s-t-i-c um dot com which is pretty good really short way to go buddy um but but it's like we have a business but then we're also it's our our name and i think that i get i i have um 
I don't want to have to keep up with so many things. Right. So that's that whole thing about the, the website and doing. And so it's like, this is, this is the mindset stuff that we cover at camp for sure. But this is also the, this is where I would think what you're, what Van talks about is this first inner work, this play, this curiosity, which I'll play in just a second. And then Mario's talking about this and you may think, oh, I don't need a personal, like me. I'm like, I don't have a personal brand which I guess maybe we all do, but maybe we just don't have a website or it's, and maybe that's the stuff that it doesn't have to be so defined. Let me, let me ask you this or maybe state this. Um, people don't put their trust in companies as much as they put their trust in people. People, people are inspired by personalities. People connect with people and personalities. Um, you are the driving force behind whatever you do. David is the driving force behind realistic. Diane, you are the driving force behind the 775 things that you do. And you think that you need to do more things. Ask, ask Diane at some point, how many URLs she's bought over the years, um, just in case. Uh, so really, you know, people connect with who you are. And who you are is your personal brand. It doesn't matter the entity that I do my work under. People hire me. People connect with me. People are going to connect with David. And people definitely connect with you, Diane. Um, so that is your personal brand. Your personal brand is the driving force behind everything you do. And your mindset is really the, the lens through which you see all of that. All right, David, you want to... Um weigh in weigh in all of the, on all that spiritual goodness and greatness um yeah i mean i think i think whatever it is that you that you contribute to your your brand is just that i also feel like that anxiety and fear may be tied to i don't know having to serve it right like once you establish it and once you claim it as a personal brand you might have this fear that you're prisoner to this 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 aura that you've set and this this outlook um, that you've built. But the reality is everybody really sees you, sees us as human figures that are going through our changes and our shifts. And the fact that you're putting it out there and continuing it, continuing to put it out there is making it possible, um, you know, to continue seeing the humanity in your personal brand, right? <laughs> and so that's what makes it personal. You're not, it, it turns you uh, from a machine to a person, you're not just a designer and a thinker, you're a humanist and, and you provide enthusiasm, you provide gracious thoughts to other people. And investment in, in our journey and I love that you said that, you know, Dave. Like, I think the, there's a there's a a pre fear, right? And fear is always in front of the thing that happens. That if we develop or design something that is named by us or um, carries our name that we wouldn't be, we won't be able to keep it up. Right. It's like, how am I, I've, 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 I've established my namesake as my thing. 
how will I ever be able to keep it up? The, the, the fallacy is that if, if we're already thinking like that, then what we've established as our personal brand is actually not authentically us. So if we are fearful and we're worried that we cannot keep, we can't possibly keep this up. The reason is, is because it's actually not truthfully us. And it's not actually authentically our brand because I guarantee that none of us here wake up every day and going, Oh man, I don't know if I can be David John Walker today. Like, how can I do this? It's like, it's going to be so hard to be, to be, to be me. You know, it's, it's, it's so hard to be me right now. And it's actually, it's the easiest world thing in the world to be you because you just walk around being you and you're you. Right. And so the more authentically and genuine you can be in your personal brand and expression of that, the easier it is to execute against that. Right. It becomes just an extension, just like breathing almost of, of what you do. And so putting out content is just a way for me to share my inner thoughts and my inner workings and, and, and um, what I'm dealing with, with other people to see if they can, they might be helped by the same thing that I've, I've been helped with. Um, and that's just, that's my thing, you know? So, um, but it really, you really have to start diving deep down into the authenticity of your brand. And we might cover that a little bit, but um, in the workshop, just understanding that, you know, that's it. That's a whole other, that's a whole other workshop is being authentic and real. So. So David, when you're, you weren't necessarily trying to, you were just trying to create you were going to do 15 days and then at day 16, or you were just going to do 30 days of running. It's really hard sometimes to keep it going. Sometimes it's hard to get started. Sometimes I know me and Maura did a illustration challenge. She's still doing the illustration challenge. I barely made it to the 30 days in, in December, but she is like rocking it. Maura, you should put your, um, <laughs> a handle in the chat, but, um, I, and Shari says this. So it, what's hard is to throw yourself into the arena naked, no armor, no shield, just pure rawness. And I think when we are starting out and we don't have 10,000 or 100,000 followers, maybe it's not that big of a deal, but I think we have these, the mindset is, am I going to be boxed in? Do I have to always do lettering this way? Right. And I think that, um, I think that we are growing and I think that that kind of resonates or not kind of it resonates. What Mario is saying is that I just need to be me. And if that's what that is today, then, or this style of lettering, I don't need to feel like I can't ever break out of that style. Cause then those things are not being authentic, authentically me where in your journey, David, cause your, your stuff has changed. Like it's def, I mean, you've gotten wicked good at lettering. Um, but like how, how have you seen, have you had any of those mindset challenges in your work of that change or that evolution? I mean, number one, if you don't know something and you start investigating and you like it, <laughs> if you like it, you can't necessarily stop, right? So um, in this lettering thing, first I wanted to see what it was like. And I had an easy lift by using my Apple Pencil and my iPad. And I wanted to learn what lettering was like on an iPad, just drawing letters and seeing how they connect and, and emote. So it went from that to 
observe, observing other letterers and then diving into serifs versus sans serifs to now tackling scripts, then tackling texture. <laughs> and it just keeps going and going and going. And so anytime that I have felt that lull, like I don't necessarily want to do it today. Um, the things that have always motivated me is the fact that I've got a little more time or that I, or that I uh, only need so much time. So if I have a little more time or I only need so much time, then that means it's a possibility. And the intention, you know, put towards making that change will pay some benefit and dividend down the line. David, do you have three kids or yeah, four? I've got three, three, three yeah. kids. So, yeah. and Annie's a professor, he runs a design firm and now he's about to go to Yale and study typography and lettering. And um, and he has another job waiting for him after. Right. Like if he wants to go, he's got a job offer. And I mean, amazing that he was recruited. So and he went and got tenure last year, got I mean, all kinds of things. And this is somebody who's running and thinking that he has a little bit of time right? To do something and get better. But like, I know Mario can hand letter as well. I've seen, he works with texture when he does logos. Oh, whatever, Mario, that the, uh, the Maryland people, that was amazing. And it's like, sometimes I feel like I'll just get you making uncomfortable a little bit. Um, but it's amazing. You don't care. I'll have to do something else, <laughs> but like, but those are things that it's really nice to see. It's nice to see, um, people that I admire also still um, doing some of that exploration and trying and pushing and, you know, making those taking scripts or working with the, the weight of the letter and, you know, like all these things that go into just typography, but also branding, but also uh, they just help the, the voice of that, the, the company. And I think that, you know, if we never practice it, just like one of the things we do at camp a lot or in power station, we repeat what we, we don't repeat. Like we're not saying like the pledge of allegiance, um, but we just go in and you have to, you have to, you know, um, say who you are and what you do over and over and over. And I think sometimes we get better at who saying what we are and who we do. But then it's also, if you're in a room with Alan's in one of my groups, Amy's in the group. And so it's like, then I can introduce Amy and Alan for what they do better than it would have been had we not been closer. Because I also know how they're evolving and changing, how they are saying. Because I also think people are like, oh, I didn't know you did that. How many times do we have clients who come back to us a year or six months or two years later and it was like, oh, I didn't know you did that. I know Pam's here. Pam had somebody who said, I didn't know you did websites. And she's like, yeah. Right. It, I know Doc Reed says it's nuts, nuts how often that happens. But I think we forget. We think people are just keeping up with us and knowing everything. But it I think that we need to continuously be OK. At, and this is so bad coming from me because I really suck at this. I'm getting better at it. Um, but I think we need to be continually telling what we do. And, and it's okay if that those things evolve. I think that they're going to evolve because we are going to continue growing. I don't know what my point there was. I don't really think I had a question. But well, um, to, yeah, yeah, to your point and to Mario's point, like the more that you share and the more that you're honest about what you're doing, um, it all it, it actually all comes back. 
and you're living in that truth and you're living in that honesty and you're being yourself um, so that people do know <laughs> who you are and what you are and why you are. Yeah. Well, and also I think Mario puts his face out there. You put your face in the, not in the lettering. I mean, it's the same, it's the same handle, but you're running on that same handle that you're doing your lettering. And Mario talks to us while he's walking at four in the morning. And then, um, you know, and I think that, I think it's important. I think so many people um, in small groups, they just don't want to come on camera, but you know, that's a big thing for me. It's like, I just, you might think you don't look beautiful, but I just want to see your face, right? I just want to connect with your face, not your, the letters that are in zoom or something. I think that there, there is, there's a, a whole person behind the work. And that's the thing is once you connect to the work, you're like, oh, well, how did that, how did that emanate? How did that, how did that uh, become a thing? And you want to know more. What were they thinking? Why did that thought arrive? How did they arrive at that thought? And how did they arrive at that solution? People want to know what, what goes into you doing what you do, right? They, they really are curious to to know the person behind the the pencil or the pen right or the brush or or the logos or whatever um and the more the more we can truly be authentic in in that expression of us um the easier it is and just to back up a little bit diane and just kind of thinking about like um something that david says and that you said it's like you said that, you know, you did the challenge and day 16, you were done or day 31, you were done. It was like, you barely made it, but you know, there are people that kept on doing the challenge, which is who David is. He kept doing the challenge, right? He's 418 days into, you know, I don't know if you've logged, have you, have you logged how many miles you've run since that day? I haven't, but I know January was 118 mile month. And last month was like 80 something. So yeah, at some point so, I'll do it. <laughs> Cause that would be, that would be really cool to know. Like, like these are, these are the many miles that I've run and then how, what distance is that? Right. Like how far have you run from your house? You know, like technically, um, right. but it's because when, when we, when we do, when we challenge ourselves in, in line with who we are, those challenges lead to deeper exploration and deeper, a deeper dive on that part of us. But when we challenge ourselves just to, just to learn something that we're curious about that we may not need to have in our life, then the challenge is over once the challenge is over. And it's like, oh, that was a great experience, but I don't need to have that in my life. So when we look at things, when we challenge ourselves, when we look at the challenges that linger in our life beyond the challenge time, that's a really great indication of that being a true part of your identity. So, so for you, Dave, it was like lettering and, and exploring that side of you. And, and you really love that. Diane, I don't know that it's anything but talking to people and making friends every week, because that's the thing that you love to do and design recharge every week. You can't stop. You can't, you can't not do it. And when you don't do it, you feel really guilty for not doing it because you know, you, you need to, to do that. You need to engage with people. So just want to say that. 
So Fabio had a question, and I think this is a it's a mindset question, realistically. So Fabio says, the thing that drives me crazy the most is that is the fact that I not only understand this, but believe it down to my core, and yet I don't do it. So why either don't we, uh, and you kind of talked about this, Mario, but um, so Mario, you answer it, and then David, why do you see people not doing it? Even though we, we may see things as important and that we may believe them to be true, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're in the right mindset or frame of life to, to start acting on that. That may be true. There may, there may be a million things, but at the, un, at, at the core of it is it's not important. It's actually not important enough to you. You may believe it. You may think it's true, but it may not be important for your life at this time. So maybe we need to do a little bit more deep dive on the things that we are truly passionate and feel like are really important to us and push into those things a little bit more. And then the better habits or the better things that, that we want to do will start being able to be added on to the, the things that we are passionate about. Um, but sometimes it's just not time or sometimes it's actually just because we believe it and we think it's true doesn't mean that it's really important to us. I would second that and also um, really want people to think about self-realization and begin to observe and process their own processes. And if they do that, then they can identify windows for how to make those things happen. If you never process your process, then you just keep <laughs> keep exemplifying your process and not making time for the changes that you need to implement. Um, in order to see differences. And so from that, I mean, identifying those things that need to be changed, you can't identify the changes without identifying your own system to tweak your system. That's great. Did you want to say something else, Mario? Because you unmute. No, I, was just, I think that's, that's fantastic. And um, I think a good, you know, if you guys want to read a book about like doing that and kind of understanding your processes or building better habits, read Atomic Habits. I think it's an important book for everybody to read because then it actually starts helping you break down your processes and giving you better ways to build the habits that you want to build and break the habits that you don't want to have in your life. Okay. So Matt has a um, question. It uh, Anyway, Matt made Sparky. So we love Matt. Um, Matt says when someone what gets someone who wants to start a personal brand who Matt has amazing work um, who is really Matt Wood, if anybody's looking um, what gets someone who wants to start a personal brand past the, who is really going to be interested in what I have to say hurdle, which is to totally true. I only have so much energy to expend ROI return on investment is a real concern. There is an intentionality about return on investment, but there's also a ton of intentionality on the possibility. You come to the realization that I'm either going to win big or I could possibly lose. So the pragmatism in that you can't have this expectation that if you do it, it's going to succeed. Like the expectation is if you try, there's a possibility of success. <laughs> and then you keep trying and you tweak and you keep trying and you tweak and then you get to the conclusion, but there's this big stigma that 
this big stigma on time that if you do it in these amount of steps that it'll just boom, you won. And it never <laughs> works like that. I mean, even with even with turnkey businesses, it's still the element of time which allows those things to have have some success. I, I totally agree with that. Um, I also would say that um, you have to maybe change your expectations on what return for investment means. If you want to start a personal brand, which just means, I think, in in for everybody here which means you probably want to start creating content to promote what you do as you instead of being tied to some entity like a business. Um, so what I would do initially, and this is, this is actually exactly what I did. I wanted, I started sharing more of my thoughts and more mindset stuff because it was almost like a visual journal for me. I used Instagram as an, a visual journal and a visual um, cue to remember the things that I was, I was telling myself and that I felt God was teaching to me in some way, shape or form. I, I started saying, I'm going to share this so that it's just a visual record of what I've been thinking through. And through that, I know that if I share it, that maybe someone out there might be helped by that as well. And that was my expectation, that I would share it, that it would be a record, and that maybe it would help somebody. To this date, I don't think I've posted anything that's gotten zero likes because I've at least liked my thing, right? So you have to, you have, to have an expectation that you have to change your expectations. And as, as your brand evolves, then you can, you can adjust your expectations and saying, okay, I want, I want a little bit more engagement. What can I do? You know, then you can start understanding, but, but you not, you're not going to find that until you're deep in the doing and you have to do, you have to, you have to iterate, you have to take, you have to run one mile before you can one day before you can run, you know, 418 days and 7 million miles later, but you have, you have to, you have to run the first mile before you run your 18th mile. And you have to change your expectations along the way. I think because we have inset fear of one, of one thing or another, we put harsh demands and constraints and expectations on us to even start because that will free us from actually even starting because nothing's ever perfect to start. So I wanted to say one last thing on Matt's thing. So if I had never done design recharge, I didn't want to do it alone. Like those people who do podcasts alone. Oh man, I have no idea. One time I forgot to hit broadcast and I was like, my mom didn't even show up. I mean, it was every, I mean, Amy Lyons has pretty much been here every time for nine years. But, um, but I think that for me, uh, Matt, I would say, is it, does it matter if you do it is changing one person is helping one person. Is it worth it to help one person? I mean, as a teacher, David and I both know this. Mario has been a youth pastor. It doesn't matter to me, you know, like it's one person. And I know Ashley has said like at five years for me, I said, I don't know, Ashley, if I need to, if I should just keep going. And she said, um, 
She said, well, what does it do for you, Diane? How do you feel after you talk to somebody? And I said, oh, I feel awesome. I've learned something. She said, well, it's doing something for you. I bet it's going to, somebody else is going to be able to get something out of it. And I think it's just, instead of return on investment, is it going to make me money? Is it going to do, it's, to me, it's not, that's not the answer. But for me, it's like, is it going to make, is it going to help give somebody hope? And I mean, Matt, me and you have never met in real life, but we'd spend a lot of time together and you are amazing. And you, you helped, helped me create creatives ignite. So to me, your work, had you not been willing to answer an email or send an email, then again, I think it's, that's the return, you know, you're able to help other people and we just need to get out of our head because we're just afraid. I think I'm afraid of just being rejected, right? That nobody even showed up. My mom didn't come. Amy didn't come. I mean, those people were waiting for 30 minutes for me to hit broadcast is what it really was. And they stayed for 30 minutes of nothing, which I really appreciate. But I think that those are, those are the parts that we just need to get over ourselves because we don't know who we're going to affect. I think about like kids that we teach David, like they're, they're kids that we've taught that come back to us years later and say, wow, you know, this made a difference in my life. Right. And you never know how big of a difference that you make until they tell you. Well, David celebrated his 40th birthday last week. Oh, Mariam. I know. You guys like 22 years old. You got a lot. You got to be lying to me right now. No. And his, his, one of his students came and Thank you, Maura. You made a difference in my life. So um, uh, one of his students came, but also one of his professors came. So it, I was like, oh, it was like, because I always call my kids my um, design babies. So it's like you had you had three generations of design, right? You had David's professor, David, and then David's student. And uh, who's a designer, right? He's graduated. So it was like, but it's you're impacting 30 people. You're impacting two people. I mean, I don't know. Woodley's uh, Matt, you've impacted that whole family. And then that family makes furniture and they send it all over the continental United States. Like that stuff is impacting and it's different. It's a different maker. And I just think that that stuff's really important. But Shari had a question. She said, since personal brand is us, does that mean it evolves as we do? Meaning, can I draw today, tomorrow, share photos, but photos, what if, I don't even know what I'm saying, photos and then writing, et cetera. What do you think about that? David, what do you think? And then Mario. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that it shows the evolution or at least your process. I mean, that's that honesty that, that Mario was alluding to or speaking candidly to earlier. Um, I mean, just think about what's happening with Ellen right now in her TV show. Like she's about to retire because she's been walking in in a in a way <laughs> for all of these years, and now she's like kind of mad that she's put on this happy face and not showing people that it's not all about happiness and glee. And if she had shown us that she wasn't always ready to tell jokes and dance that her career and her show would probably go on another, you know, 20 years like Johnny Carson or somebody. Um, and so we're seeing in real time how that stuff is playing out. Like if you are keeping up to this facade, how the facade can crash <laughs> versus being your authentic self and showing 
that your your career will change. I mean, tomorrow I could be a, today I could be a teacher, tomorrow I could be a student, the next time I could be full-time business and then I could go back into teaching. Like people need to see that because as as we're teaching students and affecting uh, their outlooks, they need to see that you're not at this point wedded to a career for your whole life. I mean, you don't walk into a factory at, at 18 and at 75, you've like leave the assembly line. Like that's not the way people are living these days. Um, and so without that candid, that, um, that candidness and honesty, I don't think, um, I think you absolutely have to show it. I mean, that's totally spot on, Dave. Um, I would also add that um, if you, I think we need to maybe take a, a wider view at what we're doing. Um, my brother literally just this other day, he asked me, he's like, he's like, how did you, you know, what is it that you feel like your, your personal brand is or how did you what, what do you what do you feel like you're you're here on earth to do and i told him the the main the main points of of who i am you know and 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 he's like and he's he's you know coming on his late 30s and and he's, he's like man i don't even know what that is for me and and i think we have to just take a wider view of, of what we're doing um and instead of saying i letter in this style, you have to take a, a wider view of, of who you are because you're not just someone who does lettering. You know, you're not someone who just takes pictures. Um, you're not someone who just is on the assembly line. You're, you're, you're an ever-evolving being. And for me, I've, I've created a much more macro view of myself to, to state that I'm, I'm someone who needs to create. And what does that mean? That means anything that, that involves creativity, that's what I do. And I need to do that daily in some way, shape, or form. Is that lettering? Is it taking photos? Is it making a video? Is it making content? It could be all of it. It could be none of it. It could be something else. It could be making collages with my kids in the sand. It doesn't really matter. I know that wherever I am, daily, I'm going to create something because that's, that's who I've been created to be. So if we, if we give ourselves a bigger vessel so that we can move around in and ebb and flow. I think we would feel a lot less pinned down or cornered into what we think we should be doing. Okay. So Matt had another question. Uh, so he had two actually. So what if being real includes being uncomfortable with personal branding? Is that somehow counterproductive? Sounds weird to say, but it would be real. And then he also kind of follows it up with, do we hide fears and only share our work? I think I know what Mario was. <laughs> uh, never hide your fears. Always be authentic. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry. Got, 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 question, got some other question asked right here. Um, so never, never be in a authentic if you get on stage and you're uncomfortable with being on on stage the first thing you need to do to dispel that fear is to say hey i'm really uncomfortable i'm super nervous check this out and the fear dissipates right um so if your personal brand starts out saying i'm really uncomfortable being with, with calling this a personal brand but i guess this is it here here we go you're you're gonna actually 
immediately lessen that fear and start stepping into what that brand is about. Um, and I think people will be truly, truly thankful for, for your candid, candidness and, and, and being authentic in that way. Um, and then never, never hide behind your work. Why would you do that? So David, what about you? Cause you, all of my stuff has kind of been based on the insecurities and based on the fact that you can't, you can't really run from them. So as soon as you start addressing them um, and ticking things off that list, I, I feel like being uncomfortable and, and, and some discomfort pushes you to your better self. I mean, being comfortable is not moving forward. <laughs> so if you are uncomfortable, you're, you're on your way to somewhere. Mm. And that's, uh, um, you know, that's, that's a major motivating factor for me. And I'm sure it is for our students. I mean, they come in, they don't know the software, they don't know the concepts, they don't know what's acceptable or what's unacceptable, but they pay tuition to, to be uncomfortable, at least for some season. And if they come into our classrooms, they're preparing to be uncomfortable for a lifetime. If you're in, <laughs> I mean, as a creative, I mean, everything is subjective to everyone else. And, and then you have all of the other stipulations to go on top of that. Like your client is asking what the ROI is on the investment they've made in your personal thoughts towards their brand for their constituents and stakeholders. And so we innately <laughs> live in a state of uncomfortability. If we're growing. If we're growing. I think it's also just about being like a, a student comes in and they know they're going to be learning. So why don't we address the world and we know we're going to be learning. This is going to be uncomfortable. Today, I interviewed Daniel, Daniel Harmon from Harmon Brothers, and I told him, oh, my gosh, I peed four times before this because I was so nervous. I probably shouldn't have said that, but it was true because I get so nervous before and I have to go to the bathroom or I feel like I have to go to the bathroom. Anyway, my mom's not here today. She'd be like, oh my gosh, Diane, you didn't need to tell all that. But I think, I think sometimes we just need to like shrug off what we think we're supposed to be and just be real with the fear because I bet you, Matt, somebody's going to connect with that and they need to hear that part of your story because they see you as somebody who has no fear, who has all this talent. And that may be the, that may the, be the bridge for people. Mario. I would just add to that, that um, people are definitely waiting for you, whoever you are, but especially you, Matt. They're waiting for you to say something. We're waiting for you to say it the way you say it because nobody else can say it like you. So there are, there are people out there. It could be one, it could be a hundred thousand, but you're never going to know until you start. Um, but there are people out there waiting for you to say things just like you would say them because they need to hear it in that way. And I can't do that. David can't do that. Diane can't do that. Okay. Mario, you probably got to go wrangle some kids, but I sure am glad yes. that you were real with us and had them there because it's really nice to know that you're just a normal person with kids that are crazy, just like every other kids. At least they're healthy and happy and laughing, you know, laughing's a lot better than tears. They're, they're wrestling, almost killing each other now, so I got to go. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Okay, so I am going to play um, Van's um, thing. So, David, you can either... 
hang around or or uh, she is right before uh, David. So Vans uh, is on July 16th. Um, no, not right before David's. Then Mario's. Mario's is the 23rd, July 23rd. And then um, David's is the action, right? He, so he's this, it's still mindset. It's still, you got to get out there. And if you are thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Yes. You know what? This is exactly, this is a great workshop for you because uh, David, tell them before I go to van, what would, what would kind of be the format? What are going to be some of the things that they would learn in your workshop? So we're going to talk about um, opening up and being honest um, and sharing about yourself, your work, and the realities that you face. Um, we'll talk about your perspective and help you discover new processes and opportunities for a fresh, for you to have fresh experiences. And we'll also discuss figuring out how to alter the energy around you by planning some first steps to take towards building your new personal narrative. So it really is for you to learn the identification of, of those insecurities and things that, that you are not satisfied with, in addition to identifying your interest. And then setting some personal rules, um, tackling some self-realization, and then processing your process. So observing how you do things, why you do things, when you do things, and how to shake that up so that you can insert some changes to get to your new whatever your goal is. I mean, a lot of this is is really not a goal. It's just to learn and about yourself and to see where things go. Now you're a kid. Okay, I don't have any kids to holler or cry, but but so yeah, one of the thing one of the things that David is great at is making decisions and him and I have had some conversations on this. And sometimes it's just about putting it out there. It will be enough. It may not be perfect. And I think perfectionism holds a lot of us back. And doing this and having people to do it with you gives you that kind of accountability. But the decision making, and I think, my goodness, David has three kids. He has teaches full-time. He is about to go be a full-time student at Yale. And currently right now, while he's planning on moving and while he's doing client work, he's also doing a 10 day or 10 week. I can't remember. Cooper yeah, Union. A 10 week display type class with Cooper Union. <laughs> That's amazing. So I, I one of the things to me is that you have your priority. You um, you exercise. Your family is super important. But then you also are feeding your brain and challenging yourself. And I just think that that's amazing. So I'm really excited. Okay. All right. I'm going to, um, if you need to go, you can go. But I'm going to share this real quick of Vans. Hey, everybody. I'm here with Van Cooley. And she is one of our workshop leaders this summer. She's going to tell us a little bit about our workshop and what we're going to get out. This workshop is about connecting with joy. It's spurred from a conversation I think that you and I had about how as entrepreneurs, we are, we're really busy and we get lost in the daily grind and the day to day. We are in this mode of doing things for other people, our clients. And if we have families, we're doing things for them. This workshop is an opportunity and an invitation to take time and pause and do something for ourselves. And so what we're going to be doing is exploring, we're going to go way back to when we were children, to a time before we were, you know, conditioned by our environments or hardwired 
And we're going to tap into our curiosity, imagination, play, and see what come from that and prime ourselves to be able to be open, right? To remembering the things that lit us up and then connecting it with, you know, how is it influence and show up for us in our current life and in our business? What if somebody's like their boss is paying for this and they're like, I don't see how this is going to be relevant. This looks too personal. Woo, woo, wee. It's really not. It's actually when you tap into that play, that thing that drove you to design or to writing, it does help you to reinvigorate that flame inside you. And you've seen this happen. You've done this with clients that one-on-one clients, but you also work with teams, with groups uh, and creative agencies. And you've seen that some this work has been really instrumental in, in them getting over the hump and moving to that next level. Did you, did you think those people felt like they were stuck? Yes, because it it gave them an opportunity, right, to do something that they they normally wouldn't do. It opened them up to be more creative. So when we got to doing the the hard work, right, the serious quote unquote serious work, where we're diving into questions about purpose or mission or vision, they're coming from a really joyful, imaginative, creative place. And so the ideas and the the contribution was better than, you know, if they had come in with just their usual routine sort of mode of thinking. Why is this something that we, a lot of people avoid? Because your talk is in week two and you are talking about old stories and these old stories really hold us back. So there's some of that deep work, that individual work. Why is it important to do this work, this curiosity and play and this fun stuff in a group setting? I think that there is a basic human need that we have to feel connected to other people and also, you know, find a sense of belonging and where we're with people who can relate. And what I found in other workshops I've done is that not only are we, when we're remembering things from our childhood, like what we wanted to be when we grew up or um, what are, are, you know, how did we spend um, most of our free time endlessly hours of, of doing the thing, these can actually influence us in the, our future, right? As grownups or as adults, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, um, what our, our superpowers are and how we can show up in a way that's in alignment. So not only are we connecting with, you know, within and, and ourselves and remembering, but then we're also seeing that other people had similarities or similar experiences or, you know, wanted to be the same thing. And so we're connecting and deepening our ability um, and our relationships with others. And that exchange feels really, really good, right? Because mm-hmm. entre- being entrepreneur or being on that journey is, it can be lonely. Um, we have a lot of distractions. We have um, things that, that get in our way and we forget why we are doing the thing that we're doing to begin with. For me, I, why I think this is going to be such a great one is because when you're having to ease into brainstorming, you can do some on your own, but it is so much better when it's that freedom to just express and then you hear something in somebody and then it's just like igniting um, of ideas. If you're brainstorming by yourself, you can only come up with so many. But then when somebody else comes up with something that's really for out of the left field, then you start thinking about something else. So it's really actually better when we play, when we're with others, it stretches us and it makes more connections, I think, in the brain. Yeah, absolutely. And if we're using, you know, fire as an uh, analogy, you know, when it's just us, it's like that ember, right? Like that the, the coals, right? And it's, it's, it's lit, it's glowing. 
but then you put other people's perspectives, you know, onto the table and then you're stoking that and it grows. And you can also think about like my other favorite analogies, like planting plants, you plant the seed and then other people's perspectives water it and it grows. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful experience and um, uplifting. We feel supported and just, we, we leave these experiences inspired to keep doing and motivated to keep doing the thing that we're doing and to take intentional action. Because part of the, the benefit of doing uh, this workshop, for instance, is that it helps us consider what our vision and what our dreams are. And the title of the workshop is When You Dream, You Fly. So, Van, can you tell me what the format is for the workshop? We're going to be doing a combination of things. So, there's time for us to um, have group discussion. There's time for us to do breakout sessions where we're sharing a little bit more intimately, like in smaller groups or one-on-one. And there's quiet work time. So where we're uh, doing a few activities where we're, we're creating something that helps us visualize and remember. A combination of prompts to reflect, some active work where we're creating something, group discussion, as well as breakout sessions. So just in case anybody doesn't know, you don't have to go to camp to come to the workshop. These are smaller, I mean, 40 people kind of workshops. We're going to open up another one if we need to, or as many as we need to. I think I'm really excited. So you definitely want to make sure that you're in that first wave. And this workshop is going to be on July 16th at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 7 a.m. in Hawaii. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and in the UK, BST, British Summertime, it is 6 p.m. So I already think I said this, but you don't have to come to camp to be, to. but I want you to come to camp. I mean, it's really fun. It's fun to come to camp. Um, hopefully you guys will come to camp. Um, and, uh, but you can, like, you're just like, hey, I just want to do the workshops that there's a, you that's it's fine. It's open to the public. You can buy that ticket. It's just a better deal if you come to camp. Um, and if you want, there's four workshops total. One comes in all ticket prices. And then the one ticket has, or two of the ticket, Happy Camper has the only one workshop. The Adventurer and the Trailblazer have all four workshops. So I hope you guys will come. I think all three of them, I didn't ask them I just had in general what I wanted them to talk about. But then when they told me what they were going to do, it totally fed together. And because David is going to be moving to uh, New Haven, um, I let him pick first of which date. And then it just works. Like he's the action to the Mario's personal branding and then the deep work that uh, and the play that Van's doing. So it really, it's like a really good meal that, it's really good if you have all three of those because they really do go together really, really well. Anyway, thank you guys for staying late. And I guess because it's the last time we'll be together for um, until camp. But camp starts on June 28th. The workshop I'm doing that everybody gets is on June 29th on Tuesday. Um, all the dates and times are at creativesignite.com. So check it out. I hope I see you. I can't wait to see you at camp. David, thank you for giving me so much of your time today. And I'm just really glad you're my friend. And uh, isn't that always good to know that people think you look like you're 20? <laughs> yes. I hope it serves me well in at school. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, go get on your Cooper Union um, homework and I can't wait to see what typeface you create. All right. Okay. Bye, y'all. <laughs>